Hey bitches, it's me, Jono. Welcome back to Jabber. This is our first episode coming back and we have today. Not only is he gorgeous, but he has brains and an attorney of law, Mr. Eric Angelo. Hi, Jono. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm so great. I am on vacation right now in beautiful Hawaii, as you can see over here. So um, but I, I couldn't help but take some time to talk to you. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for allowing me to bug you on your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just my background. I originally met you back in LA. Uh, my life has gone through wild changes over the last few years. When we met, I was a go-go dancer in LA and also doing some modeling work and we met with you photographing me and uh since then i moved to dc uh four years ago went to law school became a uh, licensed attorney out there uh, i specialize in uh, white collar enforcement so coming after people who do things like insider trading and commit fraud and um, those types of things. So that's my area of expertise. But I also always love to talk politics. And uh, I'm actually a, a local elected official out in DC, um, working in my community, trying to increase public safety and those types of things. So yeah, that's what I, I do and who I am. That's freaking awesome. So tell me more about you being an electric, um, electric. I am an electric official, baby. That's the best way to describe it. Uh-huh. Um, an elected so, yeah, official. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm an advisory neighbor. The uh, lowest level of, of elected official in D.C. And basically what I do out there is provide advice to the agencies that run D.C., to the Council of D.C., and it varies as broadly as addressing like the rampant crime that we have in DC right now that's really been coming up over the last couple of years. And that's not just DC, that's nationwide, but finding ways to address that, um, preferably at a systemic level where, um, where we understand the, the kind of like economic backing of, um, why people engage in street crime and uh, understanding that there's a lot of ways in which people who come from disadvantaged backgrounds are pushed into such a lifestyle. So um, that's uh, that's one of the things that I've been trying to address out there. Uh, all the way over to the kind of other end of the spectrum, one thing that I'm pushing for right now is changing uh, something regarding uh, tort law and negligence. So if you're involved in an accident right now in DC, it's one of the only jurisdictions left in the US where if you are just 1% responsible for an accident, for example, until recently, if you were riding a, a an electric scooter in a part of town where you're not supposed to ride electric scooters, and then a car just comes out of nowhere and hits you on a scooter, you couldn't recover any money for your injuries from that driver because you were 1% wrong because you were riding a scooter in an area where it's regulated, you're not supposed to. It's, it's insane. Um, so, so I get the opportunity to change a lot of different things in the world. And, and that's part of where my interest in politics comes from. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Look at you. <laughs> Doing big things, darling. Big things. I'm so proud of you. But don't worry. I'm still getting freaky on the dance floor, just like ever. Okay, so... We, we can be uh, all 
positive politics and sex positivity at the same time. Yeah. Let's change shit. <laughs> the gays are coming That's for right. you. That's right. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be talking about politics in this episode. And I'm, you know, I read sometimes. You know, when there's a little good, when, good. When there's good pictures, you know, of course. When know. the mood strikes you. Yeah, like when the edible is just right, I get invested. Great. Okay, good. <laughs> Have me back for a book club episode and I will I will clobber that shit. Really? You're in, you're you're into book clubs. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. So um I I made uh friends with one guy out in DC who uh is also just like majorly into books so we'll just it, it's so informal but we'll just like recommend books to each other and then we're like well we have to get coffee to do this eventually my goal is to like you know gather more more people who are of a similar mindset uh to do the same thing but i tried to do a book club in la and let me tell you the gays were not about it <laughs> very literate here i'm just kidding uh yeah no so but, you know, maybe I could do an online book club. Maybe that's what I need to be promoting on your podcast next time. Maybe you need to be doing a book club podcast. Oh, my God. I like that even better because then I can just talk at people and tell them what I think. I like exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, why am I doing this? That's, I'm like, hello. What... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we're going to get into our first segment, which is talking politics. And then going into the subtopic about the anti-abortion laws. Obviously, mm -hmm. it does not affect me. It does not affect you. But it affects my sisters, my cousins, my, you know, all my family and friends. And it's something that is just so fucked up. We're in right. 2022, and this shit is still going on. Scary, because what else is going to be coming down the pipeline? What else is going to be, you know, that they're going to try to challenge and try to take away from us? You know, it's right. just, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is that even though as gay men, you and I may not have kind of like a, a personal investment in the abortion issue itself and, and may not, you know, never need abortions ourselves, we have an investment in living in a country that um, treats people fairly, that cares about the most vulnerable members of our society. And... Um, and you're right, because what we're doing by um, by really allowing the state to dictate moral norms is, uh, you know, we're allowing not just uh, people's reproductive rights to be trampled on, but setting the stage for others uh, to be impacted as well. So it's something that we should care about. Definitely. You know, my boyfriend and I, like, we consistently try and try and try you know like it doesn't ever ever happen for us but you know like for those other people you know yeah it, it, you know i just keep trying baby it'll happen one of these days one day <laughs> and another topic i want to talk about is texas you're from texas right i am yeah so i grew up in texas grew up on a farm outside of houston um, country boy to my core. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And the only thing is I eventually had to move away because they're just so crazy out there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think the people are less crazy and their politicians are batshit insane to make up for it. Yeah. I met a lot of people from Texas and they even said like, you know, it's not like they have no 
connection with their politics. And it's just, how is that person in charge? That's the thing that's like incredible. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that there is a certain amount too where people, liberals in Texas can be a little bit defeatist because it's like, for years we've been hoping that uh, there'd be like a blue wave and that Texas would, um, you know, changing demographics would work in our favor. And ultimately, you know, even though demographics have changed, it's not necessarily true that, that politics have changed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's true across the country that we're, um, it's exciting to see more Latino voters involved in the political process, but at the same time, one can only, uh, you know, look at it and say that, wow, Latino voters are much more conservative than we originally had thought, at least they are today. So um, it's a challenge because uh, the, uh, maybe white liberals in Texas have been just waiting for Latinos to come in and save the day, save the cause. But no, you can't just um, expect people to fall onto your side of the ideological equation without really doing outreach and uh, and talking to them, hearing their concerns and, and learning about how to fulfill the needs of that community. And, you know, right now, maybe conservatives are doing a better job of that. I don't think they're doing shit. They're moving, <laughs> You're moving like, back. I'm not to give them any credit. No. And I'm really yeah. surprised with the Latino community wanting to be so conservative and just... I don't know. It, it upsets yeah. me. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, it's, I suppose it's upsetting in, in as much as it, it's always a little bit frustrating to me when I see people, um, and, and this goes for, for the, you know, white community that I grew up in too, working against their own self-interest in my opinion. But, um, but I also just, I, I I truly don't think that there are very many people in this country who are actively trying to destroy the country. I think they're doing uh, the things that they uh, do and they're voting the way that they do because they think it is the best option. So uh, it's it's in my opinion more of a of an issue where there needs to be outreach, education, and also communication where you're not just preaching at people, but you're also listening to them. So, you know, who, whose responsibility is it? We each bear individual responsibility, but we have a collective responsibility to each other to, to try and do that outreach too. Well, you just said it right now, like you, about how they're looking in for their best interest or what they think mm -hmm. it, from what their perspective is. It's not just them right. that's living here on this land. It's, you know, like a huge, you know, like right. so many different types of people. It's not just even Christians. There's not just even Catholics. There's so many different religions out there. And it's like, right. you know, like if I was to be a fifth grade teacher and I was to say, you know, like I'm practicing my religious freedoms in class and then doing like a goat sacrifice in the classroom, you know, like that's okay. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd love to see that happen. I want to see that case happen. Well, you know, so uh, religious Coming freedom soon. and <laughs> religious freedom in Texas, you know, has a, a long and interesting history because unless I'm mistaken, one of the, the big religious freedom cases uh from the last few years the hobby lobby case um i believe happened in texas 
started in Texas and eventually went to the Supreme Court. But, uh, you know, that case was about the right of an employer to deny um, uh, contraception to uh, and uh, uh, contraceptive medical services to their employees as part of their health plan because they said that they had uh, a religious belief as a company, basically, uh, that that contraception was wrong, so they didn't want to provide it. Um, and the Supreme Court sided with them and said that they did have that that religious belief. So. I think it it sort of strains credulity <laughs> to say that an organization should an organization's religious beliefs should trump their employees' religious beliefs, but um, but that is the kind of precedent that's been set out there. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had been mentioning to me before the more recent kind of religious freedom case in Texas with prep, right? Yeah, so a federal judge in Fort Worth has just agreed that there's a violation in religious freedoms with the Affordable Care Act requirements, which covers HIV-preventive drugs such as PrEP. And Mm -hmm. this happened recently in September, and it's most likely going to be appealed by the federal government because of violation of anti-discrimination laws. However, Mm -hmm. the the person in question is Dr. Stephen Hoots made a statement. He's not willing to pay because these drugs encourage homosexual behavior. I mean, a drug that, like, prevents HIV. I mean, like, wow, like, who is not going to, like... You do whatever the fuck they want when they have like this, you know, like drug that's preventing like this thing that's like killing people, you know? Right. Like in how? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I agree. So, I mean, and by the way, for those who don't know, PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis is what that stands for. And that's just a pill that you take, which almost entirely prevents you from being able to um, become infected with HIV the, you know, virus that causes AIDS. And it, so obviously it's an area that's particularly important to gay men, um, though not exclusively because HIV is also something that you can get if you're part of a high-risk group of people who are straight. But be that as it may, it is certainly something that's primarily taken by gay men. But isn't this just uh, basically, it, just like you said, it's it's... It's using the fact that gay men are the primary recipients of a drug to say that that drug is in violation of my religion. It's just finding another way to illegalize being gay. Mm -hmm. And maybe we shouldn't find that surprising to be coming out of Texas being as the landmark case (laughs) on gay rights is Lawrence v. Texas, where Texas attempted to... um, prosecute a pair of gay men for having sex in their own home um which of course the Supreme court did uh, overturn that law thank god um and that was the basis of having a right to intimacy for gay men but um maybe we shouldn't be surprised to see this coming out of there but yeah i think it's even more attenuated than the hobby lobby case that uh, prevented employers from having to provide contraceptive medicines because it's like how how can you say that this medication, which is clearly in the interest of the public health, in the interest of deterring the spread of HIV, 
how can you say that that has a a a religious component in any way? All you're saying is I don't want to provide healthcare to gay employees. That's yeah, it. Exactly. That's what he I'm said. I'm sure that if but- that I'm sure that if that uh, employer thought they could get away with it, they would just say, I don't want to provide healthcare to gay employees. Hard stop. <laughs> yeah. But That's uh basically you know. what he said because it encourage it encourages homosexual behavior. Yeah. Well, I guess I, it is his concept, I suppose, then that if you're not on PrEP, you're less likely to have sex because you'll be afraid of getting HIV. Because I'm not actually sure that's how that works. I, <laughs> because before PrEP existed, I'm pretty sure gay men were still having a lot, a lot of sex. <laughs> when there's a will, there's a way. And when any hole is a goal, you know, like... Yeah, and when there's... <laughs> When there's bussy, there's going to be dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's, there's, the thing is with, uh, with cases like this, there's a legal standard that deserves to be analyzed and compared with precedent and doctrine to understand like how much an argument holds up. But the average person who does not have legal training is often better equipped to analyze an issue like this because you can just listen to what they're saying and say well that's wrong you know one of the one of the first mistakes that that people tend to make uh when talking about legal issues is they they listen to an issue and they're like well that's evil or that's just a bad idea so that can't be the law but um but that's not actually how the law works it's frequently both evil and a bad idea (laughs) seriously it's stupid. Yeah, I know. I'm glad we're on the same page on that. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I knew when I asked you to come on and talk. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying I'm a yes man? Is that no, what you're no, saying? No, 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 nothing like that. Like, I know that you, you and I, like, we've had conversations before on this topics too, and you know, like to. Yeah come to an agreement like we're all on the same page and a lot of listeners that are out there they're you know what we're saying this is true hopefully we aren't talking into uh, an echo chamber here the thing that i like to contribute when i'm you know talking with my friends or in public is um that i have a very i tend to have a very clear idea of my perspective on legal issues and politics however I think that it is as important to have a, an understanding of where your other side is coming from. Certainly as a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to be a very effective litigator if I can't speak to my opponent's arguments. I need to understand them and understand the ways they don't make sense in order to address them. But uh, it's also more so on the political realm, it is much more important to um, be able to listen to what people are saying and understand um, where where the other side of the argument is coming from so that you are able to um, convince them. It's not just convincing a court or an arbiter of some type. It's, it's trying to show people a better path than, than what they're currently, you know, thinking of. And, um, and that can be really challenging, particularly in areas like religious freedom, because um, people tend to think like my way or the highway, like they understand personal freedom for themselves mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have to do anything they don't want to do. 
but they don't understand the ways in which um, them having a total agency removes other people's agency. And that you have a right to live your life the way that you want to, but you don't have a right to dictate how other people live theirs. Um, so certainly, what, yeah, whatever you have to do, whatever doctrine has to change so that a person can't like, for example, um, prohibit employees from taking prep or, or providing coverage for prep, um, we need to both be able to make the legal argument and also be able to make the political argument or, or that personal argument with people to explain why that's wrong. So this is why I have you on because now I, I sound like I did book the right person. <laughs> You're a smart cookie all on your own, baby. Yeah, I'm good with pictures. <laughs> <laughs> You're very, very good with pictures. This is true. And, uh, and I was not actually good enough with pictures to like, you know, uh, get booked by an agency or anything back in the day. So then I was like, you know what I'm better with? Words. <laughs> I mean, you are good with pictures. I mean, look at oh, this. Uh, Oh my God. Yes, that's right. You know what? I, I, I was a cover boy. I was a cover queen. Merangelo. Merangelo. Um, I mean, actually, I mean like we're getting ready to move and stuff. So I took all my stuff down. Oh my God. I have like prints, you know, like these were like all on the wall. And everything. I love that my ass is like being cut out by the blue <laughs> green screen here. <laughs> it's like just ass. <laughs> Uh, my butt looks so good there. You know, I still have that um, you, that you sent me framed, like of that photo um, in heels and bare ass, like up in my office. And um, I occasionally have to like take another photo and like like uh, hide it when I have people over who that would like not fly with. But but I keep it up for me. Um, David's parents came, um, they're, mind you, they're, they're still practicing Mormons. And when they came into, oh. they came into my office and they're just like, oh my God. And I was just like, yeah, that's my work. Yeah. That's Ten my of iniquity. Yeah. Ten like, that, of iniquity. That's my ass. That's my friend's ass. That's my friend. Oh my God. <laughs> There's your son's ass. Do you see that? Yeah. Oh my God. And these are the public photos. You won't believe what we have in the yeah. private album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's on the coffee table. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, actually, I mean, halfway related, I when I started decorating my new house in D.C. a few years ago, I went to, like, this vintage dealer, and I found uh, the most amazing painting. And it was it's giant. It's, it's like, uh, almost a life-sized painting of this woman, like laying down and she was a playboy centerfold from the sixties. And it was this original painting and it was so cool. And I got it for an amazing steal. And it's like the centerpiece of my living room, but my parents are very conservative as well. So they like came over for Christmas and it was just so funny seeing their eyes like land on <laughs> the titties out naked woman like on my living room wall and uh and also christmas morning like doing gifts and my mom is like sitting under tits um i love it i love it <laughs> yeah our, fa um, our families get a little get a little like weirded out a little bit about things like that but my mom fortunately is super 
open and I guess she's kind of like me in a way because like oh no like no, she, <laughs> so like when she's looking at like some of the stuff that's hanging up she goes like you know you should have made him point a little bit more it showed a little bit more of you know like the leg or something and I'm like <laughs> I was like if he goes any more that way you're gonna see a little you're gonna see a beanbag you know like coming out or something goes, like, mom goes, do you like, know how the male anatomy works mm-hmm <laughs> yeah because if you look through my photos you'll find out very quickly oh i i've accidentally got a few of those text messages <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh my god anyway i've completely derailed us so sorry it's okay you know what you know i think we needed a little nap so take a little nap and we'll be right back Hey, bitches, if you feel like spreading your patronage, visit the Jono Shop. Limited edition prints, zines, t-shirts, postcards, and more. Use discount code J-A-B-B-R for 15% off your order at jonophoto.com. Alrighty, we just woke up from our nap. I feel refreshed. Aw. I love it. So, our next thing is being ready and the importance of registering to vote. So, you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, I get to see the numbers at the, in the back end of it. And a lot of our listeners are between the ages of 18 and 24. And, you know, like... In, oh, my in, goodness. Yeah. So, like, we, get a, we have a lot of young... The children. I know. And I'm I, I'm making an impact here. And, you know, like... Oh, my God. You young lives. I, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm walking children in nature. <laughs> great okay um all right prince andrew but <laughs> well it's especially important right now because you have uh, just a few days in many states left to register to vote in the november election and you said that you have a lot of um young adults who listen to your show and so this might be the first election that they're getting the chance to vote in yeah. and so uh an important thing to know is that in a lot of states, you can't register to vote on the same day as the election. In some states, you can. In the District of Columbia, you can um, register on the same day. I actually just went through my poll worker training. I'm very excited. So I'm going to be working them polls. Wait, which yeah, one? But, but just for the District of Columbia. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like on, on like a stage and everything. <laughs> the stage is the usual poll I work. Or various other men's polls, but um, in this particular instance, I will be working the uh, the the politics polls. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and because uh, you know, poll workers are not allowed to actually uh, uh, electioneer at you on the day of. I have to get all my electioneering out of the way in advance and telling you. Uh, not just to vote, but also to be very conscious of what you're voting for. Okay, so think about the way that your vote impacts not only your life, but also the lives of other people. Very crucial thing to do. But it's so true that, that getting out to the polls and getting your vote in is a really important thing. And it's so easy to just tell yourself that, you know, my one vote doesn't count or it doesn't matter. But it does. oh my God, the last several many presidential elections have been decided by such a tiny amount of votes that that your vote absolutely does matter and it doesn't matter 
um, whether or not you're in California or you're, you know, in Florida or Pennsylvania, you know, where they're, they're more swing states, even if you're in California, the fact that that your vote contributes to kind of a nationwide, a lot of people will call it a mandate, you know, showing the overwhelming desire of people to see change and to see uh, uh, progressive policies in place. It matters that you get out there and vote. So um, look up on, you can go on to um, vote.gov um, and you can look up about how to get registered to vote in your state. And, um, or just, you know, straight up Google, like how to vote, <laughs> it'll come up, uh, but get that registration and get it done and make sure that you, you have your, your voice included as well, because all of those people that you despise and you think are like the absolute scum of the earth, uh, you know, Ted Cruz will be voting. So it's your job to go counteract him. Seriously. And um, all those links and whatnot, I'll definitely put that inside the Jabber link tree and make okay. sure that all that's in there. So everybody would just make it super easy for you. It's just, just do it. Think about your community. Think about your brothers and sisters and think about like what's in your best interest as well. You know, like yeah. your does matter and it's important. Mm -hmm. 100 one thing that I would say is, I think just from a practical point of view, knowing what's going to be on your ballot before you get to the um, to the polling place is a good idea. So um, it's if if you don't have the the bandwidth or the time to like fully research every issue, it can be really helpful to find an organization that you think you generally align with uh, their beliefs. And a lot of them will produce voting guides so you can go and they'll explain to you what um, each of the various propositions or candidates stand for. And uh, and you can, you know, bring that with you to the polling place if you like to give you a little bit more guidance. Uh, one interesting thing about voting is that a big part of uh, particularly in California where propositions are on the, the ballot where the, the public gets to vote directly on whether or not to do a certain thing. Um, a, a big part of the, the behind the scenes work that goes into it is um, negotiating over how a given proposition is described. And there's direct evidence correlated to the fact that depending on how you describe a given proposition, uh, people are way more likely to vote for it. It's all about the words yeah. that you're allowed to use. And sometimes they can be deceptive. So uh, so it's a really good idea to do that research in advance. And if you don't want to get down into the nitty gritty of researching each issue, there's options and voting guides available to help you understand them. Yeah. And you even see it, too, in the commercials that we have out over here. Like, you yeah. know, like there's a proposition saying like, oh, you know. Prop 27, you know, like hurts Indian communities and barely making it and whatnot. And then the next one, mm -hmm. it says like, vote no for 27 because it, it helps the Indian communities and stuff. And I was yeah. like, what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, my, actually, maybe my number one piece of advice is just completely ignore political messaging from ads. Like, I don't, it's so bonkers to me that, that ads, Ads and fundraising are what dictate how our politics work in this country. Yeah. But but advertising is mind control, man. That's it's at its basis what they're trying to do. And uh, and the reason that they care about fundraising is is 
unfortunately, the average person is is most influenced, and and you and I are not exempt from this. Whatever we hear most, we're most likely to believe, and we're most likely to vote for or to buy or any of those things. Yeah. So, um, I would I would not base many votes on <laughs> on what you see in advertisements. You've got to do a little bit of your own research and find reputable sources to understand what's really on the ballot. With that being said, and something that you said earlier about you working the polls, do you like the Electoral College or do you like the mail-in? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so so the Electoral College is a system that's when, that's by which... You, that's when you go to the polls and you... you. No, 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 no. So the Electoral College is a system by which we elect a uh, president. And that's where each state is given a specific number of electors and each state is supposed to follow their popular vote and then send that number of electors. So the popular vote isn't technically what elects the president in the United States. It's actually a group of, of representatives that are elected in accordance with the popular vote. But there's a whole hassle of just craziness related to um one, that it's not the overall nationwide popular vote that elects the president. It it goes state by state. And um, two, there's actually not anything in the Constitution that prevents one of these representatives in the Electoral College from just being elected essentially to represent their state's popular vote and then deciding not to do that. It's called a faithless elector. And they can just uh, vote for whoever they want for president. So that's a whole nother thing. But as far as mail-in voting versus in-person voting, mm -hmm. I'm a big, uh, big proponent of mail-in voting because I think anything that can, um, you know, uh, cut down barriers to, to getting to the polls is a great thing. And honestly, in D.C., I think last year, um, yeah, last year, I had to wait in line for like four hours to vote. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's like, there's no excuse for that. Now, uh, I think DC's gotten a little bit better. Uh, I know at, myself as a poll worker, I will be getting people through that line. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I understand, but, uh, I understand what you're saying yeah. now. You really want to help encourage yeah. people. That's why you're in there in person to, right. you know, like definitely push, you know, like them to like, you know, it's easy. You can do it. And well, I just want to make it easier. The reason that I'm working as a poll worker is just because I want to make sure that it's as quick and painless a process, uh, regardless of who you're voting for. It's like there's two things. One is hopefully getting people the information they need in advance to make the right choice on what to vote for and who to vote for. But then there's also a responsibility that our government has to make sure that the voting process is easy and painless and that it doesn't take all day because people have to work. People have uh, other things going on in their lives. And if it's going to take a whole day, there's no reason for that. Okay. So mail-in voting, I think is great. I think it's a very low fraud method of, of voting. And, uh, and people, people, I think, are only against it because they think that more fraud is possible through mail-in voting. But in fact, there isn't a huge difference between mail-in ballots and physical ballots. Uh, mail-in ballots, you've got your signature uh, cross-checked against your records um, of what your signature should look like. So where there is instances that a uh, ballot may not be valid, you know, they'll actually go back and follow up with you. So I, I think mail-in voting is great. And, and if that's an option available to you, go for it. Okay. See, I learned something new today, kids. Yeah, there we go.
that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I hope everybody was able to learn as much as they could learn, you know, from this episode because, you know, we're all here to help each other. Eric is like yes. honestly like one of the best people that helps dumbify everything for me. <laughs> in a way. But you know, like it, it it's good to talk about this stuff so it gets clarified and people can understand what about it and not be afraid to go look for it. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing where anybody is afraid to go to the polls because they think that know enough about politics or anything like that. That's not how democracy works. You know, you've just got to do your best. Do a little bit of research. Like, and I'm talking, it's it's a minor amount of research, but I think everybody has a responsibility to come up with a basic ethical and moral framework for themselves of what they want to see out of the world. And then based upon that, to find the politicians that, that align with that kind of belief system. I think it's actually more important to vote for people who line up with your um, your overall uh, like ethical framework and, and belief system than it is to find people who align perfectly on every single issue. I would rather believe that my representatives um, are going to represent me well, even on the issues that I don't know are going to come up in the future. It's like nobody knew that uh, Ukraine was going to be invaded by Russia when they voted for their representatives. That wasn't an issue that they could evaluate their representatives' position on. So instead, what you need to know is have confidence that this person is uh, is voting in, in ways that you would to, in this situation, hopefully, uh, support Ukraine and make sure that open and free democracies are protected against aggression. So that's a value that I have, and I would want to vote for someone who who feels the same way. Agreed. What do you think of the whole Trump thing? About that, <laughs> uh, the whole Trump thing. Uh, do you mean the various uh, prosecutions that are coming for him, or yes. just him as a politician? Him as an idiot, moron, stupid. Bitch. Yeah, I hate awesome. Trump. I think he's terrible. I'm so relieved because you know. I'm an army reservist as well. And so while he was president, there were limitations upon how much I could directly criticize him. You know, I could criticize his policies, but mm -hmm. I really couldn't come for him directly and be like, he's a bad person. I'm so relieved he's not president anymore. So I can just say he's a bad person. And nobody should vote for him. He does not have your best interest at heart. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, even a tiny bit of unbiased research will show you that that he is just has been bad for this country has consistently looked out for only himself and um he's and he's a criminal even, <laughs> yeah oh no he's very directly a criminal in more ways than one and uh and actually you know i mentioned that i do white collar uh enforcement and he is the type of person that that deserves to be prosecuted for white collar crimes. White collar crimes are confusing to a lot of people because they uh, tend to be in a sort of gray area. It's like tax evasion is illegal, but tax avoidance is not. So it's like it's a it's a question of degrees of like, oh well, how how over the top were you with your unfair dealings in business? And this is a person who consistently push it, pushes it to the absolute edge. And apparently, as he's gotten older, he's gotten more and more bold 
in not caring about what the law is, not caring about um, what his responsibilities to his constituents and uh, and to his business partners, employees, um, and others who interact with his businesses. He doesn't care about any of that. He's only going to do what he wants to do and what he thinks is best for himself and his business and his image. Well, actually, I don't know. He, if he's doing what he thinks is best for his image, he's just really bad at it. But <laughs> but he doesn't care about other people. He's a bad person and no one should vote for him. Yeah. Fuck her. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking politics, dumbing it yeah. down for individuals such as myself. Never. And, and um, where can everybody find you? Yeah, if you uh, if you want to give me a follow, feel free to look me up on Instagram. It's uh, at Eric Commando, E-R-I-C-C-O-M-M-A-N-D-O. Um, or you can look me up on Twitter, and it's at Mr. Eric Angelo. Sweet. And you said that you're going to be at the polls in um, Washington, D.C. Yeah, also come. feel free to come by the polls in D.C. if you live out there and, and see me on Election Day. There you go. Ready? <laughs> thank you so much. And I hope you guys enjoyed this new episode. Bye. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> this is Jabber Podcast, executive produced by John Madison. Do you have a question, comment, topic, or story you want to share? We want to hear it. Email jabbrpod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone or their subtitle parties. Intro and outro, LA Step by We. <laughs>